Hi, this is super exciting. Uh, we welcome to Bull in the Basement for the first time ever. One of my best friends, Brian Mormon, former Bill, whose resume, I mean, listen, if you're a Bill fan, you know Brian Mormon. Um, and before I even get to your resume, I got to ask you, and I never have. This is crazy. I never asked you because I know you well. Did you ever have braces growing up? Because you, you have perfect teeth, dude. Like you have the oh, best, <laughs> you have the best smile ever. And I never asked you that. And I should have. I don't know why. Actually, no, I didn't. Um, and it's funny you bring that up because we're going through that now discussion of whether or not to do that for our son, Cooper. So um, we just had that meeting with the dentist and um, luckily he said no for him, but it's kind of probably around the same thing. I did have like a, a retainer, you know, okay. but I, I pretty much lost that in my lunch every day at the you know <laughs> lunch line, threw it in the garbage or whatever, like every typical boy. So, um, you know, got in trouble when I went home and mom said, where's your retainer? I'm like, oh, you know, but yeah, that was it pretty much. I, I, I got lucky. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, you did. No, I mean, one of the best yeah. smiles in the business for sure, but let's go to your resume. And most people know it NFL 2000s all decade team. I mean, you should be so, so freaking proud of your football career, man. Uh, that all by itself is incredible. Two-time pro bowler, two-time first time, our uh, first team, all pro 50th anniversary bills team. I and mean, these are incredible things. Obviously, you know, locally you founded the punt foundation, which has done incredible things. Um, your, uh, uh, your college career, the Pittsburgh state gorillas, right? That is correct. Pittsburgh yeah. state, Kansas. I'm going to, I'm going to get yeah. into that a little yeah. bit later because I want to, I, I want to ask you how you became a punter, not now, but in, in, in sure. a little bit, because I just don't know how that happens. Um, you, you went to the Berlin thunder in the world league, which I'm sure was an incredible whirlwind for you. Almost like, um, you know, you're on summer vacation playing football, I'm imagining is probably yeah. what it was sort of look like. So I'll ask you about that. Seahawks originally get you in the league. You go to the Bills, you go to the Steelers for a second for a cup of coffee. The Cowboys, the same, end up with the Bills. Now, you never, because I don't recall this, but you never like formally retired. So you're still eligible to get back, <laughs> right? Well, I guess anybody is technically eligible. Um, I think they kind of retire you after a certain amount of time. But no, I never did actually, quote, sign the papers. Um, and it's not like I was trying to hang on or anything. It was just, uh, you know, when I left the bills the last time, they're like, Hey, do you, you know, we'll do a press conference for you. We'll, you know, you can get up and you can retire. I'm like, I don't need all that, man. I just, uh, you know, and if somebody wants me to come punt a couple games, I'll come punt a couple, couple games. So I appreciate the gesture, but I, I don't need a press conference. Thanks. You that know, was all they, were, they were good, but it, you know, now would I, would I come back and do that whole, okay, I'll sign a deal for a day and, you know, be fun. But, you know, I, like I said, it's never been something I always needed. Yeah. And that was, that, that was your MO when you were yeah. here for sure. I mean, selfless guy for sure. Uh, in terms of your playing days here in Buffalo and why you were so beloved by the fan base. Um, so we're going to get into And one last thing very quickly, can you still, because if there were, and there aren't to my knowledge, but if there were male Rockettes, you could be one. <laughs> With one leg, maybe. Yeah. I mean, this well, is great. Uh, I'll never forget your, I believe it was your 40th birthday party. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, it might've been at Ellicottville Brewing Company. And I believe that you were doing these leg kicks that were, that no 40 year old should ever do in their life. Well, I guess I was, I hate to say it was already five years ago, but they could still be done. Yeah. It's amazing. Um, but yeah, you know, I actually went out, um, you know, some of you might remember uh, people listening or whatever. Mike Hollis kicked for a year with us in, in Buffalo in 2002, and he still does kicking uh, uh, for young kids with a kicking clinic and so forth and, and a business uh, pro form kicking if anybody's looking for their kids. Um, and he did a, a nice camp for uh, girls for kicking. It's called the Laces Out Foundation. So I went out and helped them out one day and 
took the boots, strapped them on and, and, and booted a few. And, and, uh, I was actually pretty pleased considering I hadn't had picked up a football in quite some time. So, you know, it's, it was fun. So yeah, the leg can still get up there. Well, and the other thing too about you is you're a workout junkie. I mean, you haven't, we've seen some X bills blow up. Right. And we've some seen other X bills shrink incredibly. Eric Wood's a good example. You were always yeah. a, a, a super lean guy. Like what was your, your body fat when you played that you, that you can recall. Well, I, uh, it's funny cause, uh, you know, Siano and rusty, uh, Jones and, um, you know, all the other strength coaches I had while we we're there, not many, but they always gave me a hard time about that. But you know, we had that bod pod where you'd have to get in. And, um, you know, at one time I think I was like two or 3%, but I never did believe that thing. You know, I felt like that one was a little old. I think Rusty had it for too long. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I'll take, I took it whenever he told me, but, uh, then we got a new one and I was around the 6% range, but I don't want to get in now, but uh, I still feel like I'm in pretty good shape. I mean, uh, you know, I still try and work out four or five times a week. Um, it's not like I used to, I mean, I never did really hit the weights that much. I was more of a, a runner. Um, like to do sprints. And so I still try and, and do interval sprints and whatnot. And, um, you know, I might feel like I'm going fast now, but it's, you know, I try not to put a stopwatch on it because I know it's nothing like it used to be by any means. And I uh, did pull my hamstring for the first time about a month ago. No kidding. So I was, I was out a couple of weeks. Yeah. That yeah. was the first time. Yeah. We, uh, when I went back to Pittsburgh state and ran around the track a little bit and, and I was like, oh, I, I can't keep up anymore. So I so I am uh, last my last I checked I'm 46 percent body fat. So if you need any, <laughs> I, I'm willing to donate. If you feel yeah. like you're a little light right now, yeah. I'm willing sure. to donate. So um, you try you just keep up with your age. Is that what it is? Um, yeah. well, not not. Thank yeah. you for that. Not, yeah. not quite, but thank you're you. Wrong. No, I appreciate yeah. that. Um, so um, let's get into. So you're speaking of you speaking of track. You were a track guy at Pittsburgh State with the Gorillas, and you had. Do you, do you still hold records there for track? I uh, still holding on to one. Yeah. Um, there's a, a hurdler that he's trying his best to beat it, but yeah. Um, uh, it's, it's funny because actually myself and my former roommate and college teammate, uh, James McCarty, we both hold, uh, the exact same time, the 13, eight in the, uh, high hurdles. And, uh, and so we, we still have our name up there, but I think the, I think the young guy ran a 1381 or 1383 last year. And I thought we got away. I mean, I, and, and we're like, okay, we're going to hold on another year because he was a sixth-year senior. He had another another year because of COVID or whatever. But they gave him a seventh. Come he's on! Gonna have another year. Yeah, so <laughs> he's going to get another shot at it. But uh, you know, so and I'm rooting him on. I mean, come on, that, you know, records are made to be broken, and I hope he gets it, and I hope he wins a national title. And you were all American uh, multiple years yeah, in track yeah. in college. Yeah. So I looked up your uh, I looked up your 400 meter hurdle best time sure and and i'm sure you watched the olympics and saw that yeah the kid run the 400 meter hurdle and break didn't he break the world Everything. record twice like once in yeah. the semi and then once in the yeah. final and well he, in the final both first and second broke the that's world right record. that's right yeah which is absolutely crazy i mean i actually the world record holder was kevin young i ran against him when i was in college um at, at the u.s championships which was a non-olympic year so i qualified for those and got to go down to New Orleans and run on that. I made the semifinals. Um, 
I'm sorry, I made the semifinals the year before. I ran them twice. I made the semifinals one year. When they were in New Orleans, it was about 106 degrees and about uh, 150% humidity, I think. And uh, you'd think I'd be ready for that from Kansas, but I wasn't. And um, I took out like I was going to break the world record. And I, about the 200-meter mark, I felt like I was walking across the finish line <laughs> at 400. But I still ran almost the personal best, which was crazy. So, um, But that being said, I mean, the, uh, Kevin Young ran, and it was, it was humbling. Uh, he was very, very good. Well, uh, but those guys, were they're out of their mind. Yeah, talk about it. So your personal best that I yeah. looked up earlier, 49.77, the Olympic right. record yeah. that was just set, 45.94, almost four seconds faster in, in, in just 20-ish years, right? I mean, yeah, man. Yeah, it's it's, it's, un, crazy. it's unreal. And I mean, they were running in the 40, I think the world record before Kevin Young was, what was that, 46, 7? I can't remember off the top yeah. of my head. Um, but that being said, um, yeah, I mean, four seconds, almost four seconds, I would still be probably going over the last hurdle. <laughs> um, you know, if it were my personal best. And I still feel like, I think I was, a, I could have ran um, low 49s, high 48s if I'd have trained year round um, and actually stayed healthy and everything else. But that was probably about what I would have in me. Um, but those guys, you know, they're, they're super talented and, and uh, it's, it was enjoyable to watch. I'm and, they're not, and they're not football players. They're not football players. Right. No. Right. Yeah. That's all they do yeah. is track. You were doing, you were a two sports yeah. star, man. Come well, on. That's, uh, I didn't get a chance to, tra- but you know, I don't know that I would have been able to stay healthy had I done it all, um, you know, one full year of track. And that, that was one thing about my track coach in college. He understood me well and he was able to help me stay healthy with my hamstrings and all that stuff. And, and being able to not do, um, he, he made me swear to secrecy while he was still coaching, which um, he just retired after this season, which um, hard to see because he's an awesome coach and great for Pitt State. And, but, um, yeah, you know, he, he made me swear I would never tell the, uh, the other kids that fall conditioning didn't really pay off for me. I just played football and then I came out and ran track in the spring. So um, it worked well for my body, but it, it didn't allow me to probably be in the shape I needed to be in to be, um, you know, elite. I mean, so to speak. So as good as you were. So we'll segue because I'm, I'm kind of going off off my own script, which is fine. Sure. Because that's kind of what we do with with Bull in the Basement here. So uh at what point, because you were a really good, like you were all American punter, right? I mean, you were, was it, it was yeah. D, was it D2 or one double two. A? Yeah. D2, okay. No, Division two. Yeah. So you were all American Division two. At what point, I mean, had you hired an agent? Like at what point was there some sort of a thought process to think, wow, I could be doing this on Sunday? Um, well, I don't know that I ever really put that into my thought process, except, um, you know, I, I do tell a story that after my first year of football, which was um, in 95, I didn't play in 94, when, you know, my first year of, of college. Uh, actually, when I got there, they had weird rules with the NCAA. And, they, you know, I, had, I took a track scholarship. It was important to me coming out of high school to get a, a sports scholarship is what I worked towards. And, you know, I had offers to walk on at some schools as a punter. Um, not really sure why, looking back, I really wasn't that good. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and then I had some offers in smaller schools to play quarterback. Um, but when coach Jewett recruited me to run track, you know, and he gave me a, a, a decent scholarship, that was, um, you know, something I've been working towards and, and I decided to go with the track route, but I couldn't walk onto the football team cause they'd used all their money already or something like that. And those rules have all changed now. Um, but they said, come walk on the next year. So that was my intention. I was going to walk on as a quarterback. And, and, um, then I went and broke my wrist my first year, fell over a hurdle and, um, I just, I had had surgery and everything else. So I, I started kicking again, which I did in high school. And then um, I walked on as a kicker and then they, uh, I, I 
they didn't have a punter. So I just started punting. And, and so I ended up, there was nine guys walking on as a kicker and, and I was like, well, I'll kick off and punt. And there was nobody else. And it just worked out. Um, about halfway through the season, I decided I'd start playing receiver and I started moving up the, the, the chart or whatever. And then I promptly jammed my wrist against the uh, DB and bent it back. And I was like, Oh no, I'm coach is going to kill me if I can't run track again. So um, I said, that's enough of that and never did it again. I just punted. Which is interesting because most people wouldn't think that a wrist would come into play when you're running track. Um, no, but you know, I had a cast up to here. So oh, I was okay. one little wrist, one little wrist bone. I had a cast to here. So I sat out on there and if I, and he said it wouldn't heal if I jarred around and it didn't heal anyway. So I should have just ran that <laughs> here. Uh, it's still, it's still busted. I've got arthritis. I played my whole NFL career. I can't bend my wrist, wrist further than that. Um, and you know, I, I it had to kind of tweak how I'd hold the football and, had I taken, you know, just, you know, actually one time in Europe, I was playing in Amsterdam and I went to make a tackle and I fell on it and it bent it all the way back. And I mean, I couldn't move it for three days. I just, um, I thought I was done then. And so it would have just taken one fall, one tackle. And I was kind of surprised I, they ever passed me on a physical, but they always let me through. So, good, good for you. Uh, it worked yeah. out well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so quarter, you played quarterback. Did you play, I don't know why I think this and correct me if I'm wrong. Did you play eight man football? It did. That's what I thought. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah. For, so for people that aren't familiar with eight man football, kind of explain like how the offenses and defenses are set up and is it a smaller field and all of that stuff? Because most people obviously yeah. here in Western New York probably don't know anything about it. I'd be curious to know if there is eight man football in, in Western New York or New York at all. Maybe there is, I, I, I'd have to look, but there's still some in Kansas and believe it or not. I mean, you may not know it. Um, some people may, but there's six man football in some places, or at least wow. there used to be. Um, and so we played eight man. It was a 80 yard field instead of a hundred and it was 40 yards wide instead of what is it? 53 or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it is, it's a faster game and, um, you know, depending on the teams, but we would just line up two tight ends and, you know, you'd have a center, two guards, two tight ends, and then we'd split out every once in a while. And we may split out a, a, a tailback or, um, or, you know, rarely would go four wides or anything but you know it was funny because that was kind of when we I started seeing towards the end of my high school career some eight-man teams really just spreading it out there was actually a guy that came and ran track with me at Pitt State he played for a high school Norwich high school which they really spread out their offense and and that was uh, it was hard to defend so we started doing that towards the end of my high school career um yeah, but really we were kind of a grinded my coach uh, high school coach was you know the, the old school you know we're going to we're going to dig it and, you know, go down in the trenches and, and we're going to run the football. And so we ran the trap game and uh, you know, we ran quarterback trap, tailback trap, fullback. And then that was kind of our, our main thing and, until I got a little older and then we started passing a lot more. So um, that was, you know, and then it, my, uh, the offensive coordinator we had, um, he eventually just turned over the, the range to me and I called all the plays my senior come year. So, on. Yeah, that was pretty cool. So I, I would, we would work together and I'd come up with a script before the game and go over it with them. And, and then, you know, so, I mean, I could still remember a lot of the plays I'd, I'd script the first ones we'd run down and always score up to the first, you know, cause we, nobody could ever defend what we were doing. And then it was like trying to call during the game and you just call your favorite plays, but um, it went pretty well. We made the, made the playoffs um, my last two years and um, it was, it was good fun. When you were pro, were you ever in any of the OC's ears and say, listen, I was a play yeah. caller. Uh, no. A very well, successful I mean, one. 
I, I wish I could say that, um, you know, I always love to pick uh, Nathaniel Hackett's brain. He's one of my best friends and, and uh, I think a brilliant mind. And, he, you know, he's going to be an up, up and comer and he'll definitely uh, be a head coach in this league. But um, he was fun to talk to. And he, he, I always go in his office and he would try and teach me things and just blow my mind at what those coaches know. And, um, and then on top of that, I only really knew eight man and I knew it, you know, very minimally. Right. I mean, Come on, I just called some plays while I was in high school, but um, that was an eight-man stuff, and it wasn't very, you know, intricate, so to you, speak. You, so you were literally finger in the um, dirt. Yeah, you know, well, you go you here, know, we you had go our there, strips, but yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it was pretty. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was pretty primitive. Sandlot, but, um, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So it was, it was fun, um, but yeah, it's a, and then not even you know, I I understand the eleven-man game, but I think there's probably eight-year-olds that uh, could call plays better than me <laughs> with their Madden skills and. And everything. I mean, they're you know saying, well, this, this, and that. We got over this and over that, and I'm like, oh, yeah, come on, I'm I'm just a punter. <laughs> okay, this, this is a good setup then, and a good segue. Yeah. So, how does somebody become a punter, and and not only become one, but become as good as you were? Um, I you know I, I always felt like I was the right place at the right time for me. Um, and I, I just admit that. But at the end of the day, things have changed so much for kids being punters and kickers. They they start young. We didn't start young. You look back at a lot of the guys that, that punted um, came into the league when I did and, and before, and we were all some sort of, you know, I was a track guy slash I played quarterback. I wanted to play another position, all that. So some of these kids now are most of them. They start out and they start training as kickers and punters and going to camps as middle schoolers and definitely as high schoolers. And they get into these um, ranking systems and they go to college that way and so forth and so on. So you're not seeing a lot of guys that, were, um, you know, another, another position in college. I mean, um, Dirk Johnson was the guy that um, I punted against in college, and he was actually a safety for Northern Colorado. He played for the Eagles. Um, you know, we kind of started out the same type of path. Matter of fact, he was signed by Seattle, I think, after I was. And, um, you know, he made it through and ended up going to the Eagles, got to play in the Super Bowl, all that stuff, but he was a safety in college. So, you know, um, Josh Bidwell went to college as a linebacker, you know, and he ended up punting. So, um, you know, those types of things, um, they just don't happen anymore. So for me, how I became a punter, obviously, is kind of what I talked about. It just kind of lucked into it. And there wasn't a punter on the college team. So I wanted to play. I wouldn't nothing. I mean, the only thing I cared about was being on the playing field on Saturday. Like, I don't care if you put me as the, the wide out that never, you know, ever catches a ball. I'll find a way to prove to you I can. But if I if it means being the punter, great, I'll be the punter. And um, it just happened to be that I mean I, I can still remember to this day, coach announcing the travel team for my first year in Pittsburgh, and we were going to go to Fort Hayes State, and it was our first game, and being out there nervous as hell, thinking, is he going to name my name? Am I going to get to go to Hayes? Am I going to get to play in this game? And he named my name. I was like, oh my god, that was awesome, you know. So I got to travel. It was like a seven hour bus ride, you know, and. I mean, I was wide eyed and, you know, getting to go out on the field and, and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is awesome. So to, to answer your question, if I ever thought I'd play in the NFL at that point, no, you know, but um, you know, I had a good game and things just kind of rolled that year. We ended up playing a national championship and um, you know, didn't quite make it uh, win it, but that was a great experience. I was going to say, and, and to be a punter, especially back then compared to, to now, I mean, you didn't have like a, and there, I don't even think there were then when you were playing in the NFL, like actual, like, punting coaches like you basically mm. were all repetition right and and just that that's the only way you could get better 
right? I mean, there, there were there, a few. There were, yeah, there were a few. And, and I actually had one at college that um, he, he was kind of, actually, he helped me a ton. And, and his name, uh, Sam Adams was his name. And, you know, I, I give him credit. Not, and, not know, that Sam Adams. Lot, but not that Sam Adams. <laughs> no, but that's easy to remember. Right. Um, we did have some good jokes that, but, um, you know, he, I, when he got a hold of me, I was, I was kind of shanking him everywhere. Um, and, you know, we cleaned that up and I started punting the ball pretty well. And there, there were a lot of things that I had to change even when I went to Seattle, but he got me in a place where I could, I could hit a ball a long way, you know, maybe wasn't very consistent, but I was able to keep up my numbers. When I got to Seattle, Jeff Fiegels was a huge impact on me watching him saying, okay, what am I doing wrong? And Pete Rodriguez was a special teams coach. And I was kind of dropping the ball with two hands. And you just can't do that. It's that left hand's got to be a guide hand. And, and I was just pulling the ball inside a lot, which I struggled with my whole career of dropping the ball inside. Most, that, most punters, if you see him pull the ball to the left as a right footed, that just means the ball dropped inside. And, you know, it's, it's, it was tough for me to ever really correct that. Um, but Fiegels was big, you know, watching him and trying to learn. And, and uh, so I had two good solid training camps with him to be able to kind of pump beside him and, and learn how to control it. It is really remarkable, though, because there is a science behind punting. Like, you wouldn't think, like, you know, the way you described it, the way you drop the ball has to be a perfect way for when you, I mean, and it sounds exactly like a a golf swing. I'm I'm sure that analogy (laughs) has been made all the time, right? Oh, my gosh, all the time. And and it's funny you bring that up. I had a a buddy I was going back and forth with um, yesterday because his son's trying to make the golf team here at the the high school. And and we're talking about, he asked me, he's like, we were going, he was asking me about the mental side of kicking. And I said, you'd, you'd, be surprised. It's so, so similar. I didn't realize so much respect from professional golfers. I mean, those guys, they do it. I mean, if they have a bad shot on hole one, they've got to really ramp back up. But not only that, they got to forget about it, go to that same second shot on hole one, but then they're going to go play a second hole and then 18 more. I might have six kicks in a game. Now I better not have five bad ones. I better not have more than one if I, at all, you know, preferably you have a perfect game, but, but you got to have a short memory. And um, you know, there's, there are a lot of similarities there and, and, um, and the physics too, you know, I right? Think, I mean, the physics in terms yeah, of like the swing sure. of your leg timing, yeah. the, right. All of that. Yeah. It's all timing. And, and you don't have to be a huge guy. You don't have to be a huge guy to be a big punter or be a good punter. And, and that, that was another thing coming in my career. Everyone, a lot of coaches felt like you had to be six, five and, you know, have this long lever that they, you know, whatever, but that's not true. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's a lot of timing and just, um, you know, being able to hit the ball correctly, a little torques, leg speed. That was huge for me. I always felt like if I lost my leg speed, I was in trouble, which luckily I never did. I think a lot of it was, um, you know, there's a lot between, you know, this is what I tell my son right now. It's all right here, you know, between here and here, you know, cause I still, I mean, I, not my body wouldn't hold up now, but I think you get to the point where you try too hard sometimes and go out. I mean, I, I would love to go out and kick. And that's, that was, I had as much fun practicing kicking as I did playing golf. I would go out and kick for two and a half hours and just love it, you know? Um, but I wouldn't be able to do that now probably, but um, it's, it's fun sport. So you mentioned Coop, what kind of a, what kind of a coach slash sports dad are you? Um, I, you know, we're, we're getting there. Uh, he's, he, he's loving sports a little bit, you know, he's kind of getting into, it. he's never really been a, a huge sporty kid. Um, uh, but he is uh, in, enjoying it and God, kids got a great arm, uh, I think. Uh, and so um, I'm, I try to not coach, um, you know, too much, but it, it's, you know, I, I think any dad out there could say it's tough to coach. You know, it, it's, it's hard. You got you know, at home. It's better to see him be coached by somebody else. And um, but yeah, he's, he's a lot of fun. He's at a fun age, man. He just started middle school and 
um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a good place for, for him. It's, it's been fun to watch him grow up. For sure. For sure. Uh, so you are growing up and I'm going to, I'm going to get back to football because this is so great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously my good pal, Brian Mormon here on Bull in the Basement. So you're in Ponte Vedra at Florida, Oceanside Golf Community. You, you mentioned golf. Sawgrass is there. Players Championship, yeah. TPC. So let me ask you this. Sure. How many, how many times have you played that golf course, do you think? Stadium course? Yeah. Uh, well, counting like scrambles, because I'll, I'll go and support, you know, I try to play in the J-Fund tournament every year, um, which uh, Tom Coughlin, uh, a lot of respect for him and what he's done to help kids with cancer. And then um, there's a couple others that I go play in as well. So I probably play on the course two or three times a year. Okay. Um, but just in scrambles, but playing by myself and actually keeping score probably only three. Okay. Maybe four times over forever. So yeah. if, I'm, if I'm the guy on 17 at the Island Green, I'm the guy that's put, I'm, I'm putting my pro V away, man. I'm putting a range ball on that tee because I'm so intimidated by that water around the Island, yeah. man. So my question to you is what's your percentage of on the green or depositing golf balls? Um, I'm probably higher percentage um, depositing golf balls. <laughs> yes. It's uh, you know, you didn't think you wouldn't think it'd be that difficult. And um, but then you, you could watch the, the guys here for the, the, the tournament and my gosh, they have, you know, depending on the day and when the wind's blowing, it's even harder, but yeah. you think it'd be easy, but it's, it's a tough shot, but it is, it is fun. It's, that's the one that, you know, everyone looks forward to. And um, you know, I, I we did a piece with the bills when I was playing and we went and played it and actually Amber played with me and she parted it that day and I hit it in the water. I was like, she still holds that against me, but um, <laughs> that's uh but it's, it's a fun hole. Um, that whole, that whole stretch, you know, 16, 17, 18, uh, it's, it's fun. And then, you know, of course everybody gets to see it on TV. So everybody knows it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a difficult shot. So you have now segued from football into, you've done a little bit of coaching here and there you've dabbled, but your, your primary now, um, source of income and what you're doing to keep yourself busy is, is real estate. So how did you get into real estate? Did you pass the test on the first go round? Mm -hmm. Like, are you loving it? it are you, like, I, I know I've, I've been to where you live. I know there's a lot of super cool high end um, places that, that you're probably are, uh, on your radar that you're probably, you know, selling. So talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, believe it or not, I got my real estate license, my last training camp um, there with, uh, with the bills. Um, you know, obviously, um, we have a lot of time on our hands as, as specialists, you know, that everybody else is in meetings. Ours are, we have one meeting and then that's about it. And we'll go watch film with coach or whatever, but then just what else are you going to do? And, and my brother-in-law is a real estate attorney and, you know, he, you know, we, I would always pick his brain and we'd be talking. He's like, you really ought to get your license. And then just, you'll, you'll know people just refer it out, you know, refer out some business. And I was like, well, yeah, I'll do that. I mean, so I sat and I did, I did the course online in, in training camp and, uh, you know, made out some note cards or whatever. And, um, didn't think I was going to not, you know, start using it <laughs> after that. And I ended up, you know, obviously not playing, um, that year. So I just came down and went right into it and started kind of dabbling it in a little bit. And then, um, my first customer, I mentioned Nathaniel Hackett actually a little bit ago, um, he got hired for the Jaguars and I called him that spring. I was like, I think it was probably February after that season. I saw he got hired. I called him. I was like, Hey, you want to go find a house? He's like, absolutely. So we went out and started looking and you know, I started working and I started grinding and, and, um, you know, kind of put it together and everything's kind of been going since then. So, um, you know, yeah, pass the test first try or whatever. It's, it's, um, you know, you, it's pretty much pass fail. They tell you, okay, yeah, you passed. So I have right. no idea what I got, but, um, 
Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, you get through that and then I became a, a broker and, um, I own part of the, I got partners, I own part of the, the uh, brokerage here with uh, Sotheby's International Realty, which I think is a fantastic brand. It's really the only brand that fit for me coming from the NFL, I thought. You know, it's a high-end luxury brand, uh, focus on luxury properties. We do everything, but, you know, kind of focus a lot on service more than than um, than anything. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, I wanted to focus on high-end homes and, um it, it, there's a lot of similarities I thought in starting that business as, as in trying to make it an NFL for me. And I think I look back at that and um, I look all the way back into people saying, Oh, well, I know you want to play college football, but it's, it's really hard, you know, to be a kicker in the, in, in the college. So don't get your hopes up, you know, and I actually had a Juco a junior college coach in Kansas say that to me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'll play. That's fine. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go walk on. I'm going to play. And I, and I played. And, um, and then there was a kicker in Seattle that um, I'll never forget him pulling me aside my second training camp with them and say, Hey, Brian, you know, you might want to start thinking about how long you want to chase this pipe dream. You know, you might want to start thinking about what else you want to do. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm not quitting, you know? And uh, you know, so I kept plugging away and then, uh, you know, I finally made it and, and, you know, got lucky enough to make it with the bills. And so, and then my brother-in-law, who's a, um, real estate attorney is like, well, I know you want to get into high end luxury homes, but you might want to just kind of, you know, just know it's tough to get to those. And I'm like, I'm selling high end luxury homes. I mean, that's, those are the people I'm going to surround myself with. And, and um, so, it, you know, it's, it's worked out well, you know, we've, we've done a good job. I've got a, got my own uh, group that I work with. We've uh, done very, it's been very, obviously a good couple years, real estate wise, and a lot different. We thought it would once COVID hit, but that being said, even before that, things were going well. I've got some great people in my brokerage. I've got great um, people on my my personal team, and um, it's been it's been very um, uh, it's been very good. You know, in terms of it's it, it's like I said, a lot of similarities. Even in the sense that with NFL, you've got 17 paychecks that you've got to save. You don't know what's coming in real estate, so you gotta you gotta be able to juggle that and make sure you're budgeting and you know spending what you got to spend for advertising and so forth. So I felt like football really prepared me for this type of business. I can't imagine how cool would it be. You talked about maybe doing some stuff in Buffalo, but like going to an open house and there's Brian Mormon standing there welcoming you with, you know, here, can you fill out this little paperwork and uh, we'll get you some information. And here's the handout uh, about, uh, about the house and all of that. That would be pretty neat. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, no, nobody really down here knows uh, me. Um, right. And, you know, obviously it's uh, a different market, but it would be, it would have been fun to, to, to do some business up there and, um, you know, I, I was telling you off offline that, you know, one of my business partners actually lives in Buffalo. He's one of one of our partners here at First Coast Sotheby's in, in Ponte Vedra Beach in Jacksonville. We have five offices down here. So if anybody's watching this and needs a place in Florida, feel free to give me a call. I'm happy to help. I mean, that's uh, that's that's my business. So you can find me on the Internet for sure. Um, but um, and we do have a lot of people from Buffalo down here. You'd be surprised. Yeah. I mean, I do meet a lot of Bills fans and um and, and it's great. And, but yeah, uh, Lou Izzo is his name. He lives, he lives in, in, uh, Buffalo there and, and, um, still commutes down here to us. And, and we've, and he's been integral in building our company down here. Um, I came up and met with him whenever I bought into the business here and, and hired him as a consultant. And eventually he bought in because we saw what our, our market could be. And so we've been building this down here for the last, oh, probably four years now. And, um, 
and it's it's gone really well. So I'm happy to have him on on our team as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, you know, with, with the real estate thing too, and having that that connection, I'm curious whether or not there will be an HGTV show with you. <laughs> You know, like former pro football player, former all pro is now this really successful real estate guy. Like I can see you totally doing some sort of a punter hunter or something like that, you know, like uh, Brian Mormon's cribs or something. Mm-hmm. That'd be kind of cool. Boy, right? I got to be honest. Um, I, you know, I guess, you know, I have a cousin that's in the business in New York City and she's editor for a lot of things. And we always try to come up with ideas for shows and whatnot and, um, you know, toss it around. But at the end of the day, I mean, I suppose it could work, but you know, gosh, I, I'm, I can only imagine having cameras follow you around all the time. I, I'm kind of a, um, I don't know, at work and then come home and be with a family kind of guy. I think it'd be really hard to have a camera in your face all the time. I mean, I, and, and, you know, kind of playing to that, you know, I, you and I, we were, we did that show together for a while while I was there and, yeah. and uh, you know, we did some pieces and it's, it's, you know, I'm sure a lot of it's got its own, staging or whatever to it i'm just not that good at reality tv you know and trying to play up that kind of things it probably wouldn't be my cup of tea but um but it, it you know it could be could be fun hey listen fun. you you weren't supposed to be a college punter either that's true that's true <laughs> that's true maybe yeah it's true so speak yeah. i want to go back to, i want to go back to punting yeah um yeah. how many nfl special teams coaches actually know anything about punting i mean most of those guys or a lot of them anyway you know, we're, we're position coaches that, you know, were moved into being special teams coach. So what do they do? They study up on special teams and then, you know, they say, okay, we're going to punt left, punt, right, punt long, punt yeah. short, directional, whatever. Right. I mean, how many of those guys are real, uh, you know, scientists when it comes to what you did? Uh, very few. I mean, I will say this, you know, after you've been around it for a long time, you can, you're a great extra pair of eyes. So you can see, oh yeah, you definitely you're, you're dropping it inside. So you're able to, it's, it's like, you know, um, again, you go back to golf, you know, so you're with your buddy that you play golf with all the time and he sees you doing something that you're not normally doing. And he's, he points it out and you're like, oh, you're right. You know, and then you start hitting the ball straight. Yep. Um, but you know, for the most part, most guys aren't like real, they've never kicked the ball or whatever, but some, you know, they, um, Gary Zahner is a special, a former special teams coach, and he's done really good coaching guys. Um, he, he studied, you know, the art of kicking and, you know, whether you're overstriding, he's got some measurements. He, he's done really well training some guys. So he's done that after his special teams coaching career. And, and he still does. Um, but I think that a lot of special teams coaches are very good at, you know, being an extra pair of eyes, but from the standpoint of actually being able to say, okay, I'm going to coach kickers and punters after I'd, I'd say very few could probably do that. Yeah. Um, you know, but there's, there's a couple. Tell me about wearing a, a shoe that's a size one or two size smaller and what the benefit of, of that. You know, for me, well, I, I just felt like it was better around my foot, you know, not everybody does that, but, um, you know, I, I just, I always had done that. I mean, even in, even in high school when I was kicking, I, I, I was playing quarterback and wearing an actual kicking shoe on one side because I knew I'd have to you know, go straight to kicking a field goal. So I couldn't have time to change my shoe. Um, so that was kind of odd, but, um, but yeah, so I wore a 12 on the left and a 10 on the right. Uh, but I would change into a 12 while we were on defense. You know, I didn't want to wear it around mainly because I didn't want to stretch it out because I've got weird feet, you know, they just get all stretched out and weird. And I, I want the shoe to stay straight and, 
and new and, and fresh. So, um, yeah, I'd probably change out shoes every two weeks or so, uh, maybe three and then put on a new one again. And, um, but that would only wear it when we're on offense and, you know, or when I'm kicking. So, um, if I went out right now and I, I was pretty sure I shrunk my foot over the years, so it would, it was fine, you know, never really felt tight until now I go out, like I told you, I went out a couple of weeks ago and, you know, it's like, Oh, my toe is killing me, you know? So it's, it's not shrunk anymore. How much did it hurt kicking a football in cold weather? Not really. You know, everybody thinks you're kicking a brick. It just doesn't yeah. carry the same. You slap the ball a little bit more, but um, it doesn't really hurt. It's yeah. just, um, yeah, it, it's, uh, it just doesn't carry the same. You're just not going to hit the same huge balls that you would, uh, you know, when it's nice and hot and you know, sticky. Everybody yeah. remembers the, uh, the, the Sean Taylor Pro Bowl hit, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if they, yeah. if you, it if took you watched, this long to bring it up, if you listen, well, we've talked about it a million yeah. times, Yeah. but sure. if you've never seen it, just YouTube, Google, Brian Mormon, Sean Taylor Pro Bowl, and you'll see for yourself. Um, I understand, help me on this. That was a fake punt called by now Co- coach Cower. Was that right? No, was, Belichick. Belichick. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. Belichick. Yeah. Of course, the Patriot coach wants to get the bill putter hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I, I can vouch for him. He did not. Um, we we worked on a little bit during the week in the Pro Bowl, and um, you know, the funny thing was, is that was when Coach Drawn was our coach there, and we ran that play how many times? I mean, he would coach, but you know, Bobby April was he was you know one of my favorite coaches, and owe him a lot too. He was you know he he got it. He get you know with kickers and punters, and it's like which way do you want to kick? I'm like, well, coach, you better kick it down the middle and the wind is blowing. So it's going to drift to the right. So why aim right and have it go out of bounds, you know? And he's like, we'll do it. Kick it down the middle then, you know, and if it goes down the middle, we'll cover it. And uh, so he was great. Um, he didn't overthink anything. And, and um, so anyway, we, he was, you know, ballsy enough to call fake punts, which I think, you know, was really right up my alley. I love to doing that. And, and, um, and so anyway, that was our play, you know, run it to the right. If it's not there, kick it, you know? well, I would never kick it. I'm, I'm running it. I don't, I'm trying to get the first down. I don't care. Uh, kicking or kicking. It was never really a thought in my mind, but I remember Belichick telling me, he goes, well, let's run it. It's not there. Just kick it. And I remember thinking coach Drawn's going to be pissed at me. We're using our play with the Patriots. Right. I'm like I can't, I can't kick it. I was like, like, no, I'm not kicking it. Well, uh, you know, we, this was during practice or whatever. I'm like, yeah, whatever coach. And I'm not going to kick it, but sure. Um, Anyway, we get in the game and we're about to go out for a punt. And he goes, he looks at me, he goes, you want to fake it? I was like, well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> of course. I mean, it's my shot, you know? <laughs> and uh, then we get out there and not a, not a soul was like pinning their ears back to come after us. I mean, they're just standing there. Right. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm done, you know? So, and then, you know, I've told this story a thousand times, but you know, I took off and I was like, I'm just running out of bounds. I'm not, you know, and if I can kick it, I'll kick it. But again, I saw this thought in my head. I don't really want to use the play that we always use and have coach see it or whatever. So, so I, um, I'm just sprinting. And then I see John Lynch just out of the corner of my eye, come and kick Derek Brooks out. And I'm like, I got it. So I cut off of him. And that was it. It's the last thing I remember. <laughs> yeah. And I, you know, I watched that. It's funny because Cooper brings it, you know, he showed it to me a couple of times, but it, it is, it's my 15 seconds of fame. And it's been what, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it's, it's been 14 years. It's and, and the you crazy know? thing is, and the coolest yeah. thing was, cause nobody ever does this, but after the play, you go and find Sean Taylor. Yeah. Good hit, pal. Good hit. Yeah. Whatever. Well, I figure it's a pro bowl, you know, he's, he's acting like crazy. Like he just took, you know, you know, this hundred and, 
70 pound soaking wet guy and, and crushed him. And I was like, well, I'll tell him good hit. It's a pro bowl. We'll have fun with it. You know? Right. Um, you know, so that was to me, it's like, Hey, and plus, you know, he, he needs to know I, I got up. Right. You know? yeah. so it wasn't, wasn't that bad of a hit. Hell yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you saw, I mean, if you watch it in slow motion, you see him kind of shake his head. So I really put one on him. Yeah, you did. Yeah. Yeah. Really put one on him. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's speak of, of a slightly more positive play in your life. Talk about, and I know you have not one, but two touchdown passes in your career. Uh, but one was probably the most famous as far as I'm concerned, the one to, to Ryan Denny in the um, uh, scoreboard end zone. It would have been if you're facing the scoreboard to the left corner, talk about how that play played out. Um, yeah, actually both were to Ryan Denny and, um, I believe both were in the scoreboard side. One was against New Orleans and one was against Seattle. Um, you know, one was a fake, well, they were both fake field goals. Um, first one was, uh, you know, we left him, Ryan came in, he came into the huddle and then he ran out with everybody. It was the old, you know, trickaroo, you know, and he's standing out on the sideline and they didn't see him. And, uh, and I, I know that that made Mike Holmgren mad to no end. <laughs> I was, I was in camp with Mike Holmgren. So um, I, I knew that he was very adamant about, you know, seeing things every coach is, but um, yeah, he was, he was not happy, but yeah, he, he, and I can remember too, just telling myself, don't overthrow it. Just don't overthrow it. Cause you get so excited. You get all amped up. It's like, just, just lob it out there. I would love to throw it on a rope and look, you know, awesome like I'm some you know real like I look like a quarterback but I was like I'm just gonna throw it over there and let him catch it he did um the other one was uh, a little more fun because I got to roll out and uh you know Ryan kind of faked through his kick and then I roll out behind him and and then you know was throwing a little bit more on the run but again it's like you know just don't overthrow it and I still watch that one back and Denny comes like within this far being out of bounds and not scoring um so he did a good job of staying in bounds and so it's that's a lot of fun um I got taken out on that play too um Jonathan Vilma. He was the linebacker that came and crushed me after I threw it. And I was sore for a week. I don't know how those guys do it, man. I, right. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't hardly get up in the morning and you know, that was from one hit. So oh, well, yeah. good. Another great segue. So for you, you only made, well, I'll ask you how many, do you know how many tackles you made in your NFL career? No idea. Um, I tried not to. <laughs> well, I was going to, oh, that's what I was yeah. going to ask you. So you made eight yeah. tackles in your entire NFL career. Okay. Eight. So when you had to make a tackle, what's going in, in through your brain? Like it's probably the last thing you want to even think about doing. Um, kind of closing my eyes and hoping that he cuts back <laughs> into the inside. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, everyone thinks, Oh, he's Brian was this tough guy or whatever. I was like, man, I, I did not. Those guys are solid. And I'll take you all the way back to the first game I played with the bills was against the saints. And um, I don't know if you remember, do you remember the run, uh, the return man, they called the beer man. Cause he used to be, uh, used to, you know, be in the stands and was the beer man, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and he made the saints as a, as a return man. And, and, uh, he was playing that game and my gosh, it was like hitting a brick wall. I mean, he came busting through, I was doing kickoffs at the time. That's when I had to tackle him and he best busted through. And I was like, I'm, I'm a tough guy. I got to prove my worth. I'm it's my first year with the team. Uh, Danny Smith was our coach and he was tough. You know, I mean, he was, he was always in my ear and man, if I didn't go in there and stick my neck in there, he was going to be all over me. And I went up there and I tried to put a lick on that guy and I was out. I mean, it was, it hurt so bad. And I just jumped up and went to the sidelines. I was like, I think, I don't think I can think straight the rest of the game. Right. I mean, he was solid. And, you know, Darren Sproles was a lot like that too. I think I took a hit with him one time. And um, I'd like to think I, uh, they felt it 
I'm pretty sure they probably didn't. So yeah. for any of you uh, weekend athletes that are watching this, that think that you could just step on the football field and make an impact. Sounds like um, probably not. Yeah. Sorry. Your dream has been yeah. uh, disintegrated um, yeah. by Brian Mormon. Um, have you seen, by the way, have you seen Garrison Sanborn Super Bowl ring? I haven't seen it yet, but okay. we do work together. He's in real estate now too. Yeah. He's with our yeah. company. And so I get to see him quite a bit, but he's on the other side of town and um, he's doing great as well. So, um, but yeah, we, we, uh, we've talked about it and I, and I'm super happy for him. It was, it was pretty awesome. Well, he was very fortunate and that's a whole different story. I, I do anticipate having Garrison on at some point in bull in the basement. Awesome. I'll tell you what, if, if you're a former bill and you want a super bowl ring, where do you go? You go to Tampa. That's what Rob yeah. Johnson did. That's what Shady McCoy yeah. did. That's what Garrison Sanborn did. Yeah. So, hey, ex-Bills, if you're still in the league, go to Tampa. That's where you're going to get your yeah. ring, right? Yeah, so I kept saying last year, I was like, dang, I'm going to get in shape. You never know when somebody's going to be out for COVID. I can hold it down for a quarter or two. Right. You know? I, mean, <laughs> I mean, four kicks is probably all I really need to do. Right. I can go in there and do that. Um, but uh, not a huge market for 45-year-old punters right now, I don't think. <laughs> You never know, man. Yeah. You never, you never know. know. You never know. Um, so you're, we mentioned you're in Jacksonville. I still hear Duval in, in my head, <laughs> in my sleep from the, the playoff game a couple of years playoff ago that game. I was like, oh my God, that was the most annoying thing and still is to me to this day. But talk a little bit about what the talk is in Jacksonville. I mean, what are they saying about Urban Meyer? What are they saying about Trevor Lawrence? And, and um, well, I think there's a lot of excitement. I mean, it's, it's different. You know, they needed something like that in this market uh, to, to kind of excite the fan base, obviously. I mean, we went through a lot of years of that in Buffalo of trying to figure out, okay, what we, we need a franchise quarterback or, you know, what, you know, we went through a lot of coaches while I was there. And, and, you know, every year though, there was always optimism. I felt like there's always more optimism in Buffalo for a, a season than there. I mean, every single year we thought, this is it. We're going to the playoffs. It didn't matter how bad the year was before, but in Jacksonville, there was really never, I never sensed that there was that optimism every year. And I sense it this year. Um, now that being said, I think there's some, you know, uh, well, I mean, maybe it's just me, but you got to obviously look at it and say, okay, there's a lot of things that they got to do to be pretty good, but can they make that jump from, you know, worst to first or whatever? Um, some teams have done it. I mean, shoot, you look at the Niners a few years back. I mean, they, they made that leap with, with Harbaugh or whatever. And so I guess you never know. Um, it'll be interesting to see um, how their offense responds and, and plays. But, you know, a lot of it's going to come down to the improvement of their defense, in my opinion. And um, but, yeah, and obviously uh, there, there's been no – there hasn't been excitement in Buffalo around this team really since the Super Bowl years. Um, and obviously you keep tabs on, on the bills and the expectations are probably the highest they've been in a quarter century. Right. I mean, yeah. Oh, no question. I mean, you can, I, I obviously I've only been to Buffalo once in probably the last year and a half or two. I mean, got obviously with COVID, I, you know, we stopped sure. traveling and I was able to get back there briefly um, for a charity uh, event for um, the Pond foundation a couple weeks ago. And uh, which was nice. And um, the, uh, but to the excitement is, is awesome, you know, and, and yes, there are a lot of expectations, but I mean, as a, as a player, that's what you want. I mean, you, you want to have ex high expectations. That's, that's what you strive for. Uh, I mean, the last thing you want to do is, you know, just people wonder oh, if they're good, great. If not, we, you know, whatever I want, I want to be expected to go to the Super Bowl. And, um, you know, this is, this is the first year. And I think last year there were some pretty high expectations, but it, you know, I think 
we, we expect, you know, we want them to go to the Super Bowl. I mean, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's hard to win in this league. It's, it's every week. You think that, you know, you could lose any game. I mean, every, every team has the same, you know, they, they watch the same tape and they've got great athletes. It's just a matter of how it's put together. So, you know, you could see a team like the Jets really make a rebound or, you know, are the Dolphins going to make a, a new, uh, you know, step in the right direction? They started kind of going that way, you know, is, is, or, you know, what's, what's Belichick got up his sleeve this year, if anything at all, you know, I mean, um, but at the end of the day, I feel pretty good about our roster. I feel yeah. pretty good about our team, you know, and, and uh, I love what coach McDermott's doing. And, um, you know, I've had an opportunity to do a couple calls with, with him and some other guys, you know, um, uh, alumni and, and listen to him. And, um, you know, it would have been it would have been a lot of fun to play for him. I mean, I think that he's a he's a great coach. He knows how to motivate those guys. He's got them going in the right direction. Brandon Bean too. They they just seem like they really work well together. He's he's really enjoyed talking with him too. And um, you know, I think the Bills are in good hands for a long time. And now it's nice to see that they got Josh locked up. I think he's uh, he's kind of the guy I've been looking for. And he's he's a great he's great for Buffalo and. And then, you know, right down the board, I mean, the, you know, you look at the roster, got a good group of guys, you know, it seems like, and um, they're doing a great job and I'm excited for them. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's actually fun to be chased instead of being the ones doing yeah. the chasing, right? It is fun. Cause um, you know, even here now it's like, I, I keep a, a magnet, a Bill's magnet on my Jeep. I mean, like I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, I, I love it. And you know, Bill's fans honk, you know, or whatever. And um, you know, or you see, um, it's funny in, in my business too. I still use, I still, I have a seven one six number. So people recognize that and they're like, Oh, Buffalo. Yeah. Go bills. You know? <laughs> so, uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, this has been absolutely phenomenal and I hope to do it uh, many more times again. And, um, yeah, I, t- I took up way too much of your time clearly. No, not at all. I shoot. I can talk another hour, but I, I you got, you got things to do. So, well, you got, houses. Um, I definitely appreciate you having me. You got houses to sell. I actually do. I got a guy, uh, I got one under contract this morning or a contract in. So I got to talk to a, a client that's over in Spain and, uh, um, oh, he's, mm, yeah. So he's just yeah. going to talk to some and guy in Spain yeah. Ah. Yeah, and see if we can get that deal done. Hey, uh, Hey, is, is, is Doran boss a better magician or a long snapper? Well, I, I mean, he's a pretty damn good magician. <laughs> he's, he's pretty <laughs> impressive, but he's, he, he, I mean, the guy played 16 years in the NFL or whatever right. it was. I, I, he did pretty good. Um, but uh, he's pretty impressive. I mean, you don't go on America's Got Talent if, you know, right without being great. So, right but yeah, he's, he's another one. I, I, uh, I, I love staying in touch with He's and he's, he's the type of guy's like a uh, random Tuesday. Sometime you'll get a FaceTime call and it's Dorm boss. Hey, I'm just sitting in the pool and call and say, hi, you know, look who I'm with. And it's a buddy that we, you know, both know or something. It's just, but yeah, always love hearing from him. That's cool. Yeah. Well, we always love love hearing from you. I'm glad you could be on bull in the basement, man. We we will definitely do it again. Best to Amber and coop. We love you in Buffalo. Get up here as soon as you can. I know, you know, with the variant and everything, the COVID's all kind of still getting weirder again, but whatever. Weird. Yeah. 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 But, um, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, be safe. Thanks for taking the time, man. You too. We love you. Thanks for having me and go bills, man. All right. See ya.